630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. And good evening. Welcome to the program. It is six minutes after six o'clock. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins tonight. Who's in Lloyd Minster? I don't know why. I sort of know why, but I sort of don't know why. So we're, we're going to investigate this in not too long from now. On the other side of the glass is Matt Panasiak uh, riding shotgun with me. What's up, Matty? Uh, not much. Just watching a little bit of American Thanksgiving football, of course, today. It's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. Third it game is. coming up. Pittsburgh's going to hammer Indianapolis like you wouldn't believe it. That uh, second game was quite exciting. Uh, Cowboys just uh, has just defeated the uh, Washington Redskins 31-26. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott amazing. You got to uh, give a lot of credit to uh, Kirk Cousins and his offensive crew for coming back cuz it looked like at some point they were you know they were close not able to uh get much done and they finally were able to make some noise and uh make this a really good game but uh, Dallas wins again. 31-26. Could they be going to the Super Bowl there, Matthew? Do you know what's the Dallas Cowboys, right? Since they've won their last Super Bowl in 1996, they've found ways to lose big games. So I'm not sure about the Cowboys when it comes to the playoffs just yet. But Tony Romo's not their starting quarterback anymore. I know Dak is, but you know, ah. when you get into those games, and those yeah. games are mean a lot, and you don't have any experience, sometimes the experience wins out sometimes, but right now they are the class of the NFC. They got if they, if they get to the Super Bowl, they got to go through your Patriots. And so far, thank you, so far Dak Prescott has looked the part so far, but playoff pressure and regular season pressure are two different things. And if Prescott falls in the playoffs, that's okay because it's learning. But to see what he has been able to do uh, this season has been remarkable. Well, it's not only him, Dave. It's Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott? Ezekiel? Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Yes. <laughs> from Ohio State, the Buckeyes. But uh, he's been unbelievable to watch, Dave. I mean, his, his speed is explosive on the field. I mean, it's just incredible to see him march down the field like he does in some plays and just get away from defenders and duck in, duck out. I mean, he's a, he's a good running back, and I'm glad the Cowboys took him at number four uh, yep. overall in the draft. So that was a very good game. The uh, earlier game, uh, maybe not as, uh, you know, not a lot of scoring, but still a lot of dramatics, uh, Sam Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, through an untimely pick uh, near the end of the game, which set up the winning points. Uh, Detroit with their seventh fourth quarter comeback this year. They went they went sixteen thirteen. Yeah, wow. Seven wins, seven comebacks. Right. Pretty good. Uh, Calvin who? <laughs> oh, I thought uh, Barry who? Calvin who? Well, Barry who was not. I shouldn't say that. He's, <laughs> the Lions were really bad after Barry Sanders lost. But Calvin yeah. Johnson, I really think it's made uh, Matthew Stafford into a better quarterback without. Uh, 
um, him being there. I Calvin was going to say that. I was going to say that because it used to be Stafford to one dimension to Calvin Johnson, Stafford to Calvin Johnson. Now they're yeah. much more balanced. Exactly. You know, they used Riddick out of the backfield. They got Ebron there at their, as their tight end. They got a lot of quality weapons that are spread out throughout that offense. So sometimes uh, more is better. I agree, hundred so. percent. They have a good run game, and I don't. I don't think Stafford's worth twenty-five million dollars, though. Mm-hmm. Like he's commanding, apparently. No, I. Or he's uh, going to command. I would agree with you. Uh, the game that's coming up tonight to uh, end up the or uh, end off the triple header in the NFL today: Indianapolis Colts at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, NHL tonight: one-one tie between the Hurricanes and Canadians. Uh, Lindholm his second. For the Hurricanes, Shaw, his fourth for the Canadians, and 0-0 in the first period of play. The Senators and Bruins, only two games on schedule tonight in the National Hockey League. Oilers in Arizona, hope to hear some audio uh, later on in the show uh, from Tom McClellan and others. They practice today in Arizona. They take on the Coyotes tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show, and 7 o'clock is a drop of the puck. And uh, this man who joins us now um he is still in the province of alberta he is right near saskatchewan though he's in lloyd minster and uh, he joins us now it is the host of the show reed wilkins reed thanks for coming on the show why are you in lloyd minster well i'm pretty lucky i got invited out for a free meal i'm uh, sweet speaking uh, <laughs> at the uh, at, a, at a fundraising supper for the midget triple a team and uh, Barry Stafford, former Oilers equipment manager, is the uh, is the headliner. So I guess I'm uh, I'm kind of the opening act for Barry's speech, but I'll be giving a little bit of a talk and then uh, doing a hot stove with Barry. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. I enjoy coming back to Lloyd. Usually I'm out back here once or twice a year. I came in uh, in May to watch a game at the uh, the RBC Cup. That was pretty cool. So. Uh, yeah, just doing a doing a speaking engagement tonight. Well, I'm not sure why someone would want to have me as a speaker, quite well, frankly, but I'm honored to be asked. Well, being someone must have heard you do speaking for a living. That's a big part of your job. Well, maybe. <laughs> so I thought they were going to erect a Reed Wilkins statue maybe by the uh, Saskatchewan-Alberta border, like right on the border. No, they already have big orange markers to mark the border. They don't see anything else cluttering it. <laughs> Sales tax this way, this way, no sales tax, right? I got you. <laughs> um, how how many years did you work? And well, first two two part question: How long ago did you work in Lloyd, and how many years did you work in Lloyd? I worked in Lloyd for uh, just a little over seven years. I started in uh, March of two thousand, and I left in uh, May of two thousand and seven. So that's a good run for you. It was, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's amazing the uh, the changes in the city while I was here, just in terms of the growth, and uh, certainly the the changes in in the station. I think uh, it was it was it still is this way, but it was pretty interesting. There's there's a radio station there, mm-hmm. a music station, which has gone through a few uh, different names, and uh, there was also uh, in, in the building I worked in there were two TV stations, so it's what's called a twin stick, so it has both a CTV and a CBC station broadcast out of the building, so they each had their own programming, except for the 6 o'clock news was the same news on both stations at the same time. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, if you wanted to watch the news, you were stuck with my sportscast uh, <laughs> on the TV station and the CBC station. I, I think now it, it's still a twin 
newscast might be on at different times. I'm, I'm not totally sure. But, yeah, it still is a twin stick with a country music station all out of the same building. So for seven years, people saw the full-on Wilkie doing the sports on the 6 o'clock news. Yeah, 6 o'clock late night. I was uh, I started off as the uh, the junior sports guy, and then about halfway through my tenure, I, I was uh, got promoted to sports director, so I got to be the boss of a two-person department, and I'm including myself as one of the people in that department. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot of responsibility, Dave. Yeah, absolutely it is, for sure. I mean, you got to be responsible for yourself, too, and that could be a lot of work, right? So. Yeah, that was, that was the hardest part. Yeah. Uh, sporting community in Lloyd. Uh, t- tell, the, tell us uh, how much of a sporting fabric is in Lloyd. Well, a pretty strong one. It, it, was, it was fun here because there was always a lot to cover. Um, certainly uh, the uh, junior A team, the, the Bobcats, they changed their name while I was here. They were the Blazers, and then they became the Bobcats. You know, they're they're pretty big. Unfortunately, they weren't very good most of the time I was here. Uh, there was a junior B team that usually went deep into the playoffs. And uh, as a matter of fact, when I first moved here in 2000, they had a streak of nine consecutive league championships that ended uh, the first spring I was here. One of the funnest, the most fun things to cover was the, the senior AAA team, the Lloydminster Border Kings. They hosted the Allen Cup twice while I worked here, including that legendary 2005 Allen Cup that had the horse like thunder with Theo Fleury and Sasha Lakovic and, mm-hmm. and uh, Gino Ojic. So, and they got upset in the semifinal. Still one of the most memorable games I've ever covered to this point was their semifinal loss to Thunder Bay in the 2005 Allen Cup. And uh, Thunder Bay went on to win it. So it was always fun covering the Border Kings, especially into February and March once the Provincial and Allen Cup playdowns really started. And then, uh, you know, like a lot of smaller cities, uh, high school sports, a couple high schools. And one thing that picked up uh, in the last few years I was here was Lakeland College Athletics, and especially mm-hmm. the men's basketball program became pretty strong in the ACAC. And I know, Dave, I've talked about with you uh, a gentleman named Phil Allen who was the coach of – the Lakeland Rustlers men's basketball team. Unfortunately, he he passed away mm-hmm. uh, in the last year, and uh, he was a very influential guy in basketball in Alberta in general, and certainly what what he brought to to Lakeland College. Yeah, that yeah, great story, and you've you've told me uh, a number of uh, you know number of aspects of Phil Allen, and uh, yeah, so I mean that's great that you're able to go back to a place that uh, really you know really uh, meant a lot to you and really carved out uh, you know who you are today so that's really cool so i want you to have a great time tonight it's going to be a lot of fun uh, you speaking along with the headliner barry stafford uh, also want to uh, give a quick plug for uh, a blog you wrote today on uh, 630ched.com you can find it on the uh, on the inside sports uh, webpage just about the value of milan lucic and, and and the value maybe goes well beyond even though he had a 4 point night last night and looked pretty good his value going beyond a stat sheet or an analytic sheet yeah i just i I just it just struck me as a really strong comment by by connor mcdavid i know he was asked the question by bob and jack but the 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 way connor answered it was i I think he was really trying to communicate something about lucic's impact and look i i know he gets that big contract and and people want him to come in here and and be you know cam neely all over again, but you know, I mean, Lucic has never really had that type of offensive production. 
Um, I mean, good for him to have four points last night. I, mean, he, I think he's going to have a few explosive games like that where he can get two or three. But McDavid really emphasized sort of the aggression factor and a little bit of the intimidation factor that Lucic brings to the team. And he talked about stuff in the dressing room and that calmness. And I think that's been important to the Oilers. I think other guys have brought it as well, but I think Lucic is one of the main guys with it. You don't see them panicking a lot when they fall behind. Um, you know, I know they had the five-game losing streak where they, they did fall behind every game, but, you know, we've seen a couple of comeback, like, against the Islanders. Certainly last night, you know, the first two periods where they were playing, you know, okay, but not great, and then they came out and, and dominated the third period, and I thought McDavid and Lucic really led the way. So it's just one of those interesting things to me. I mean, I I, I love the stats, and, and that's kind of was the point of my blog. I mean, that's part of the reason I became a, a sports fan was that as a little kid, I learned math by you know looking at scores of the newspaper and adding things up and remembering totals and all that kind of thing but you know it's the Oilers are doing better they're clearly a better team than last year so it must be something more than just the offense that Milan Lucic and some of the other new guys are bringing and I, I thought I just thought it was interesting how strongly McDavid defined that yeah, very good. And and for people, yeah, again, people, check it out, Inside Sports, uh, the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. And I'll leave it with this, Reed. Uh, we'll, end, we'll end off here. The Oilers won by three goals last night over the Colorado Avalanche. Three goals plus three in the old uh, goals for and against column, Dave. <laughs> Reed, thanks. Have fun tonight. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks for filling in for me. So there you go. That's why Reed Wilkins is in Lloydminster. Seven years working there. So uh, he really... Uh, cut his teeth there and had a really good uh, uh, rapport and a good connection that was built up over the years down in Lloydminster. And I'll just read you the first uh, three lines, two lines, three lines from his uh, blog today. My mom always said I leaned, I learned math from pouring over box scores in the newspaper. Edmonton beat Boston 5-2, so they won by three goals, was something my four-year-old self would announce. That's why I said... The Oilers won by three goals against the Colorado Avalanche. You can text in at 630-630. Reed Wilkins in Lloydminster. He'll be back tomorrow because the Oilers are back in action, trying to win their fourth game in a row. They play the Arizona Coyotes from the Gila River Arena down in Glendale. Maybe soon they'll be having a new home by the university in, uh, what is it, Mesa? Mesa, Tempe? can't remember. Tempe. Tempe. Tempe, Arizona, yeah. There you go. There you go. So many little communities in that Phoenix area. It's actually pretty cool. So you can be in one community in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and be in another in the same amount of time, but it's pretty cool. But anyway. Glendale. Yeah, Glendale, yeah. Um, I've driven there three times, and it takes like an hour from Scottsdale. Yeah, and if you're downtown Phoenix, it's going to take you over an hour. It, it's crazy. Beautiful arena, beautiful area, wrong area. It's way too out in the boonies. So it was good when Phoenix, uh, the, when, the, when the Coyotes were in Phoenix and playing at the basketball arena, but the problem is it's a basketball arena. There were so many obstructions in the, in, the, uh, in the building. So if they get this arena built in Tempe by the university, that will be a much better location but the Oilers take on the Coyotes tomorrow 5 30 is the face-off show seven o'clock is the drop of the puck hey, this is Connor McDavid this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins this is Benoit Pouliot Jordan Everly here this is Mark Letestu this is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers help bring Christmas to thousands of kids please support 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous
Very cool. Thanks, guys. 625, Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Uh, you can text in at 630-630. Uh, you can leave your name, too. I, I would highly recommend that. Uh, nice to see the Oilers' smaller D coming up with some big hits. Keep your head up, NHL. The Oilers are coming back hard. Scary similar uh, comparisons to the mighty 80s Oilers. History repeats itself. Wow, that's high praise. <laughs> I'll just say you see some positive signs big time with this team, and then you still see some nights where, you know, they got a lot of work to do. But they have won three games in a row. By the way, Brian Hall is in Toronto, Grey Cup 104. Grey Cup reports are brought to you by Shipper Supply and Crystal Glass. Brian Hall will be down, uh, will be on this uh, very radio station tomorrow morning on the 6.30 Chet Morning News, throughout the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News, and uh, we'll hear from him on Saturday. Grey Cup special, Grey Cup Saturday from 1 until 3. That's a great show. You just never know. You never know, Matt, who's going to come to the microphone. It's great. Hey, you, come over here. Talk to me. That's how he does it. That's how he gets wrangles. Uh, we're going to head down to Arizona. After the break from the uh, and after the 6:30 Chet news update from the 6:30 Chet 24-hour news center with Mark Wolven, uh, we'll head down uh, to Arizona and talk with Bob Stoffer, host of Oilers Now and analyst on the Oilers Radio Network, Oilers and Coyotes tomorrow. Oilers trying to win their fourth straight game. Campbell in for Wilkins tonight. 6:30 Chet Inside Sports. Serving Edmonton and making Christmas dreams come true for more than 60 years. We are 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. Coming up to 634. Welcome back to the show. Thursday evening edition of 630 Chad Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins will be back. In the saddle tomorrow, Oilers taking on the Arizona Coyotes. 5.30 is the face-off show. And 7 o'clock, the drop of the puck with Jack Michaels, Bob Stoffer in Arizona. Reed Wilkins along with our in-game analyst Rob Brown here. Give you a scoreboard update as well uh, coming up. Actually, we'll do that right now. National Hockey League, just two games, of course, because of American Thanksgiving. Uh, in the second period of play, it is the uh, Hurricanes and Canadians. are tied. They are tied at one. And uh, the goals, Lindholm for the Hurricanes, Elias Lindholm and Andrew Shaw. Uh, Shaw his fourth, Lindholm his second of the season. Into the first period of play in Ottawa, the Senators down one nothing to the Boston Bruins. David Pasternak with his 11th goal of the season, one nothing for the Ottawa Senators. Well, the Lions' remarkable comeback trend continues. Now they're the leaders in the NFC North. Matt Prater kicked a 40-yard field goal as time expired, giving the Lions a 16-13 win over the Minnesota Vikings. That's the Lions' seventh fourth-quarter comeback of the season, snapped the first-place tie with the Vikings, and gave the Lions the season sweep. Darius Slay. Uh, intercepted Minnesota quarterback Sam Bradford with 30 seconds left. Prater also booted a 48-yard field goal that tied the score with 145 to play. Interception ruined what was a strong showing by Bradford. He was 31 of 37, 224 yards. Six and five Vikings dropped to second place after winning their first five games of the season. So not a good... Uh, not a good happening today for the Minnesota Vikings as their struggles continue. Uh, 
in the other game today, and this was the second of third games, uh, Dak Prescott accounted for two touchdowns. Fellow rookie Ezekiel Elliott ran for a pair of scores. Dallas Cowboys extended their franchise regular season record uh, with a tenth straight victory, beating the Redskins by a score of 31-26. The rookie quarterback tied Don Meredith's club record from 50 years ago with his fifth rushing touchdown and the NFL-leading Cowboys, who are 10-1, won despite 449 passing yards and three touchdowns from Kirk Cousins, the first Redskins quarterback with two 400-yard games in a season. And the uh, third game of the day, because it's American Thanksgiving, Indianapolis Colts taking on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in Indy. They're tied at zeros very early in the game. We are here uh, with the sports update for Crystal Glass. Uh, For all your glass needs, visit crystalglass.ca. We're uh, hoping to uh, hook up with Bob Stoffer here in a moment. Might be enjoying some, I don't know, American Thanksgiving. Who knows? (laughs) No idea. Uh, The Oilers are uh, in Arizona, of course, for the game tomorrow. And uh, one player that has played uh, pretty well who was, um, you know, under the microscope because of who he was traded for. Bob Stoffer had a chance to talk with uh, Adam Larson earlier today. Here's this conversation. Adam, the uh, Oilers have turned their uh, fortunes around here the last uh, three or four games. Maybe just a, a thought. Chris Russell's returned to the lineup on the back end. and You know, maybe how just having a veteran guy, is there any way to really for a defenseman express the importance of having that real game experience? He's played over 550 games in the NHL. Maybe how he's helped balance things out on the back end for you guys well obviously him and reggie together kind of stabilized the back end there a lot uh you can see out there there's such a calm demeanor out there and that kind of affects us too and the, i thought the whole group have taken step in the right direction with the defensive part even the forwards are helping out really good now and uh that's what we have to continue to do and starting in the right end. You're now, you've been here for 21 games. You've been here for a couple months. So you're starting to feel, you know, you've only ever played for one organization at the NHL level before. You're starting to feel more settled in? Yeah. Oh, it's been good. Uh, great teammates, great organization. The system-wise wasn't too too big of a difference. So it was, um, it was pretty easy adjustment. Obviously, it's new guys in the locker room organization and all that but so far it's been good the orders were 14 15 and 2 last year when oscar clefbaum went out of the lineup that was their high mark they never got above that record in terms of percentage wise he needed some games to get back into it he hadn't played for a while uh, do you sense that he's gaining more confidence and you guys are doing a better job communicating when you're paired together yeah i uh, i try to help him every day too i know he's been out for for a long time but you can see now he you get more confident of confidence offensively and that's uh, where I want him to be too I want him to go and I want him to be offensively and I kind of cover up for him if he if I have to and I thought so far we've kind of helped each other out really good and um, obviously you can see now when he starts scoring he gains confidence for him the Oilers have uh, three excellent young centers. Uh, Connor McDavid's obviously a very special player. Is it different when McDavid's lines out there, maybe as opposed to Leon's group or, or Ryan's group? For you, like, do you have to move the puck up quicker? Do you, you know, do you read, read and react differently off of a different centerman? Yeah, a little bit. Obviously, Connor is kind of extreme in a lot of ways, but. 
with Nuge and Leon, they probably a little bit more defensive mindset in Connor, and that's something we have to be alert of too. Obviously, Nuge has been matched against their top line, so it's uh, he's he's been doing a really good job here. That's the sentiment you want out there against the top lines. He takes a lot of responsibilities responsibility in these zones, so it's uh, he's done a really good job. Adam, well, you played on a New Jersey team that won a lot of games, 3-2 two, and 2-1. Two, How different is it to come to a team that's maybe got, and it hasn't re- realized its full offensive potential yet, but it does have the ability to score some goals. You guys got 16 in the last three games. I don't know if you ever scored 16 in New Jersey over three games, but it's got to be a little bit different uh, knowing you've got some of the horses up front that you do. Yeah, yeah, obviously it's nice, especially when you're down a couple of goals, you know, you can, like we did yesterday, score that many goals in one period, and it's... Uh, so many offensive gifted players in this team so it would be stupid not to use it and I thought we have have done a good job so far but obviously we have seen when we're not playing our best defensive game with that can cost us games too so we have to to play smart all right total aside here but the Sedins were in the hotel this morning and I thought to myself are they the two biggest stars sports stars in Sweden they aren't are they there's a guy named tell us about Zlatan Ibrahimovic and how big of a deal he is back in your home country and the fact that you at one time were a, a very good soccer player back in the day as well yeah no I don't think the Sedins is much known if you compare to Slatan. He's uh, obviously the big, I think he's the biggest person with in the entire country, right? In now. their entire country, yeah. It's probably the best, most known player and most known person, I would say. So it's uh, pretty incredible. And you played a fair amount of soccer as well. Thought at one time maybe you'd go that route. Yeah, yeah. I kind of had to choose when I was like 15. And were you? A it full, wasn't. Were you a fullback or? A, no, I was a forward. I was a striker. You, you were a striker, yeah. really? Oh, come on, really? Yeah. So it was. No, I thought I could. I still believe until this day that I could be pretty good in soccer too. So. Now, was Henrik Larsson or Zlatan uh, the guy you kind of looked up to the most when you were a kid playing soccer? It was more Henrik Larsson back then. Zlatan uh, kind of came at that time too and kind of took his international step there. So, no, it was more Larsson there. So, it was pretty cool. Go. Adam, how come you're a, you're a offensive player as a soccer player when you're a defensive player as a that's a good question. I don't know. I'm pretty good runner. I don't know. And, yeah. Because all the best hockey players in Sweden growing up when he grew up wanted to be Nick Lidstrom. And all the best soccer players wanted to be either Henrik Larsson or Zlatan or him. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It's yeah, not as dumb as I look at him. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Thank Thanks you. a lot, man. Thanks. All right. That's Adam Larson with uh, Bob Stoffer. Still hoping to uh, catch up with Bob down there in Arizona. As the Oilers take on the Coyotes tomorrow, 5.30 is the face-off show. 7 o'clock is the drop of the puck at the Gila River, River Arena. Oilers uh, end up uh, ending a two-game road trip, mini road trip, and trying to win their fourth game in a row. And uh, first in the Pacific Division with 25 points, they face the worst team in the Western Conference in the Arizona Coyotes. But uh, you cannot look at that record at all. In fact, if you're a hockey team, you should throw the record out. I guess if you're a uh, if you're a team that's like Arizona, you maybe would be tempted to look at the record, or maybe not. You just go out, ah, forget it. Let's go out there and play. But the Coyotes have had their troubles.
But the Oilers can't let up. The Oilers can't uh, put the foot off the gas or let the foot off the gas here. So, and Matt Hendricks talked a lot about that reading uh, article on uh, the Oilers' website today about uh, the fact that they just have to keep pushing the pace down there in Arizona tomorrow. Then they come back home. Uh, they play the Coyotes on Sunday. They play the Maple Leafs here on Tuesday. That'll be fun. That's always fun when you got an original six team and you got a Canadian team coming into town uh, like the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, blue and white in the crowd. So always fun to see the uh, dueling fan bases. Um, and hopefully people will be able to count, unlike you know when Ryder fans come to Commonwealth Stadium. Half the stadium is full. Ryder math. <laughs> Half the stadium's full. More like, you know, there's five to 7,000 Ryder fans. It's majority Eskimos, and that's the same thing with the uh, with the Edmonton Oilers and the you know the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Canadians or you know those two teams are the best examples. So it's always fun. And then the Oilers uh, back on the road again uh, next Thursday week tonight in Winnipeg against the uh, Jets. They're kind of all over the place. They're playing uh, a lot of road games and uh, with some home games sprinkled in. And uh, this team's been able to uh, weather the storm and find a way to uh, get more wins than than not lately. And are they going to go under, are they going to be plagued by another long losing streak again? It's very possible. In fact, it probably will happen because I don't think this team has hit the promised land yet. I don't think they're even close, but they're better. Connor McDavid just is such a difference maker. And, um, you know, while I'm still doing the football, or doing the football thing during the football season, and, uh, you know, I'm able to watch some of the Oilers, um, you know, sprinkled in here and there. I mean, every time Connor McDavid's on the ice, something good happens. And he's had the games this year early in the season where, uh, earlier in the season where, yeah, he's been neutralized a bit. But overall, I mean, yesterday, that goal, and we talked about it, uh, I talked about it with Andrew Gross on the afternoon news, you know, that goal he scored where he, you know, uses his speed, drives wide, um, and brings the goalie Simeon Varlamov out of the net just a touch, and McDavid has the hockey sense to, oh, look, his leg's sticking out. If I bank this puck off of his leg at the right angle, it's going to go in, and that's what he does. And he does it at such a high rate of speed. You know, the Oilers are not as fast of a team as they used to be. They're more of a plotting team, but that line um, has a lot of speed, no matter you know, which line McDavid is on or who's playing with Connor McDavid, that's going to be a fast line. And right now, uh, Pugliarvi and Lucic are playing on that line, and they're looking pretty good. But uh, Connor McDavid is just amazing. And I'm, I'm sure you hear it every night on this show, and every night there's Oilers hockey with Reed Wilkins talking about it or Bob or, or Jack or, or Rob or you. Um, calling in or texting in. You can text in at 630-630. Cam Talbot has been playing great. I mean, 11 wins now, which is, uh, I believe, tops in the National Hockey League. So are they winning in large part because of those two? Sure they are. Absolutely. You know, they're getting some run support. Jordan Everly scored twice, one in an empty net. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you like to see him get going a little bit more. Uh, scores his third goal of the season last night. Good to, good to see Leon Dreisaitl um chipping in with some production as well and they need to balance out the scoring and you know I was honestly wondering where you know can this team score it just seemed like they went through a little bit of a stretch where they couldn't score they're like top seven top eight in the league in goal scoring they could score 
And uh, Benoit Pouliot hasn't played the last three games. I mean, I know Mark Letestu hasn't, and I know Eric, Eric Griba hasn't. Uh, but when I look at Benoit Pouliot, I'm like, uh, you, you drive me nuts. And I'm sure a lot of you are the same way, although some of you look at the analytics and go, well, they're a better hockey team with Benoit Pouliot than Milan Lucic. And I'm like, right, seriously? And I think that was the gist. And uh, check out Reed Wilkins' blog at 630ched.com. You can check it out on the Inside Sports page. That Milan Lucic has a lot of intangibles that are not measured on a stat sheet. Just his presence alone is in. And Connor McDavid talked about it yesterday after the game. Just the influence of uh, Milan Lucic. He says it's big. Yeah, I mean, uh, he doesn't have to get points or, or you know, score goals for him to be effective. He, he brings so much in the room, uh, first and foremost. Um, you know, that sense of calm and um, you know, that sense of almost safety for a lot of us. Um, you know, that, that we can go out there and play our game and, and not have to worry. And, um, you know, he's almost like, uh, you know, a four or a pr- such a presence out there that, um, you know, guys, uh, guys are a little bit uh, timid to, to do things. So, you know, he does so much uh, away from the puck, defensively, in the room. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if he's scoring or not. So Milan Lucic, who, yeah, on the ice, it looks like he's struggling a little bit to uh, to get comfortable. And, uh, you know, I'm okay with that right now. I'm okay that he, he's taking a bit of time to get used to his surroundings. I'm okay with that. But clearly he's having an influence in other ways. And I think that's very important. Tyler says, loved what I saw last night. In years past, we wouldn't see anyone go near a Cody McLeod type guy. Last night, I saw Benning, Russell, Pitlick all running McLeod. Loved it. No fear in the team this year. Really brings down the other teams seeing their protector not being feared. That's from Tyler. Yeah, I, I think that's a valid point. And I think this team is a lot harder to play against. And we've heard, you know, even teams this year, and we've heard a little bit in the years past, but teams this year admitting, yeah, the Oilers team of the past were very easy to play against. Um, <laughs> just getting a text here. And also, uh, we're trying to make arrangements with Bob Stoffer. Looks, hopefully he'll be coming on at 7.05. Yes, he will be coming on at 7.05. Thumbs up from Matt Panasiak. Uh, <laughs> someone is jealous that Ryder fans are everywhere and Eskimo fans aren't. I'm not jealous of that at all. I'm just saying you can't count. A lot of Ryder fans can't count. Oh, 60%. Half the stadium is, is Ryder fans. Wrong. That's never, ever happened. It never will happen. So, sorry, but some of you Ryder fans need to learn to count. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Wow, I've heard, I've heard half the stadium is full of Ryder fans. No, no. You know, I, I, I've been covering Eskimo games for 12 years now, and I've gone to Eskimo games before that. That's never, ever happened. Okay? So, nice try, Ryder fan. You just can't count some of you can't count 651 back with more inside sports in a moment you're listening to inside sports with reed wilkins on edmonton sports leader 630 chad it's a cfl awards night shot cfl awards night in toronto Grey cup 104 and so far stampeders are two for two davaris daniels 
won the most outstanding rookie, 51 catches for 885 yards and nine touchdowns, had four games with 100 receiving yards, two th- uh, two touchdown performances, had the second best average catch um, catch average uh, in the season, 17.4 yards per catch was his uh, was his average. So outstanding. And Derek Dennis has just won the most outstanding lineman award uh, for the Calgary Stampeders, who uh, were so good at protecting Bo Levi Mitchell. Only allowed 20 sacks on the season. The Eskimos were second best at 31. So the Stampeders were 11 sacks allowed, or sacks less, uh, better. That's bad English. They were good. <laughs> uh, they did, they, they had a great season and should be heavily favored, and they are heavily favored. Nine and a half points against the Ottawa Red Blacks. 4.30 is the kickoff for Great Cup 104 down at BMO Field in Toronto. We'll head there in the second hour with Arash Madani and a slightly warmer place, Arizona. We'll do that after the 7 o'clock news with Mark Wolven from the 6.30 Chet 24-hour news center. Get you set for the Oilers and Coyotes. Bob Stoffer will join us. Campbell in for Wilkins. Wilkins on the Thursday evening edition of Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season 6 of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.